defining what love is. All right, so we're going to start in verse number five today. I'm going to read it to you out of the New King James Version, and then I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified, um, and <clears throat> hopefully paint a little bit more understanding. Love uh, does not take account of a suffered wrong. Now, verse number five says this, love is not provoked and thinks no evil. Uh, in the Amplified Version, it reads this way, love, God's love in us, is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Now, at this point in time, this is going to be one of those messages that's a bad place to be quiet. If you're quiet this morning, everybody's going to know that we're talking to you. Okay, So if you don't want anybody to know I'm talking to you this morning, it's okay to laugh and say amen. Okay? I'm sure everybody here would read that verse and probably think, well, whatever. If somebody does something bad to me, I am never going to forget it because I don't want it to happen again. You ever heard that, that phrase, uh, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, come on, shame on me. Anybody ever heard that? I, listen, there's an aspect of that that's true. I don't believe that the Bible is telling us to let people take advantage of you. I don't believe that. I don't believe that it, for one second that the love walk has anything to do with you laying down and being a doormat for somebody else. But what I, am, what I do believe is, is that he's preaching here that if somebody does something bad against you, you don't need to make sure and hold it against them. If we're going to really be people that, that love other people the way God loves them, and remember I said to you in week one, the reason this is the greatest thing you can do is because the Bible says God is love. And so when you love somebody, you're not asking him to do something about it. You're actually putting him right in contact with somebody else. This is why it is the greatest. Because he is love. And when you love other people, you're applying him. Okay? Now, I'm sure that if somebody has done something wrong to you, <clears throat> it's hard to think about not holding it against them. I'm sure everybody in here probably want to hear something different. Um, I think that this can be summed up in one word. Forgiveness. Do we really have to talk about that? And how many people does this apply to? Well, everybody. <laughs> it's not just your family, and it's not just people that you're close to. We need to walk in forgiveness... With everybody. Now, I went and looked it up here, and, and, and the New King James Version says love is not provoked. I went and looked that up. The word provoked means to be irritated or incensed to anger, to allow somebody else to drive you to anger. Oh, man. Ouch. Now, what does that mean? Because, listen, if that's the case, then Jesus didn't walk in love all the time. And how many of you know he did? <laughs> now, that doesn't mean you can't get mad. Okay? Because if that's the case, when Jesus cleaned out the temple, he wasn't walking in love. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've gotten mad plenty of times in my 43 years of existence here on the earth I've never taken a whip to somebody, ran them out of a church, flipping over tables, calling them, you know, vipers and snakes, and, you know, you're of your father, the devil, and uh, I haven't done that. Anybody else done that? 
Probably felt like probably probably felt like it. Probably felt like it. Jesus did though. And there's a there's another phrase in the Bible, you know, that says, "Be angry, but sin not." So he's not just talking about just being angry. What he's talking about here is is allowing somebody else to get you so mad you're going to do something about it. Now, how many married folks we got in here? How many of you get angry at your spouse? You better tell the truth. You're in church. Mike is not raising his hand. Praise the Lord. <laughs> he is smart. Yeah. All the wives are looking at their husband and be like, you better put that hand back down. <clears throat> it's easy to get mad at your spouse. Come on, somebody. It's easy to get mad. But it's, it's another thing altogether to get, to get provoked. Obviously, when you have two people who are two different, I mean, you're just two different people. I mean, no matter how long you live together, you're still two different people. I know the Bible calls, you know, says that two shall become one. But at the end of the day, <laughs> that one still has two minds about everything. <laughs> where do you want to go eat? I don't know. Where, where, wherever you want to go is fine. And then you decide where you want to go eat. Mm, I really didn't want to go there. <laughs> well, where do you, where do you want to go? I, I really don't care. I, I just, I, you know what? You're right. I don't care. Okay, well, I was thinking about going here. Mm. It's two minds about everything. When, when, uh, you know, what, what, if you got kids, you know, time to start getting into sports or whatever, hey, and you kind of start having those discussions, well, I think they want to play football. I don't know about football. <laughs> they might get hurt. Well, how about karate? Oh, that's even worse. Well, um, I mean, what are we, we going to do? Put them in a, you know... A, 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 a bubble wrap suit and just let them run around <laughs> in a field somewhere? That sounds good. Can they do that? Is that a sport? <laughs> and the next thing you know, you're angry. <laughs> Here's the thing that, that this verse is saying in a nutshell. Love will make allowances for the falls of others. And is ready to put on that, that person a charitable construction. Well, that's a big fancy word there, isn't it? Big fancy definition. What does it mean there? It means that the differences that somebody else has with you, you're going to love them out of it. Now, that doesn't mean manipulate. That doesn't mean I'm going to bat my eyes and, and, and say, but honey, you're so smart and so strong. That's not what I'm talking about. And I'm not talking about, guys, I'm going to clean up the house and fold the laundry just to get my way. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about promoting them selflessly to help them become a better person because how many of you know when people are better people, they make everybody else around them happy. A charitable construction to love them out of it. Love is so far from devising evil against another person that it will excuse the evil which another person has inflicted upon it. It doesn't meditate upon evil inflicted by another, and in doubtful cases, 
takes the more charitable view. Now, I want you to understand what that... Now, I got that out of one of the commentaries. That's why it's so pretty and flowery. <laughs> but I want you to think about that. In, room, in cases of doubtful situations, it takes a more charitable view, meaning this, and y'all need to really pay attention to this. If there's a chance that they didn't mean it the way you're taking it, then you give them, come on now, the benefit of the doubt that they didn't mean it. But by then you're already like, oh, that's it. I can't take it anymore. I know this. Don't tell me that you didn't. And the next thing you know, an understanding has unraveled that sweater. You're both sweating. You're both mad. You're both red-faced. And you're both just ready to, you know, throw furniture. Oh, my God, is he really going here? Nobody does that around here. But I'm just saying, love, the God kind of love that we're talking about, leaves room for the fact that they're not perfect, but guess what? Neither am I. And I'm not going to allow them to provoke me into a war right here. In this verse, we see the thermometer for our love walk. This is how we can tell if we're really walking in love and by how much. And it's only found in the Amplified Version, and I think the Amplified Version really gives us a really clear... Because the word provoked is a broad word, but here it is. Amplified is not touchy, fretful, or resentful. There's your thermometer right there. Are you touchy? Are you fretful? Are you resentful to people? Now, some of us might say, well, I'm okay when I'm at home with my spouse and with my family, but man, those people at work, <laughs> are you touchy? Do people at work get your goat? Y'all know what I mean by that, right? They get you mad just like that. They grab you, you know, by, by the goat means your you know, goatee. They grab you and they can just pull it real fast. You're mad. If you're constantly walking around touchy, fretful, resentful, if you're always noticing what people are doing wrong to you, are you keeping tabs on people? Oh, I mm, chalk that one up. I see what you just did there. Don't think I didn't notice it. Listen, this is this is you're failing on the love gauge. Now, some of you are probably sitting there going, "Yeah, but, 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 don't we all do that?" That's the whole point. <laughs> We're trying to not be like that. This week, I mean, I'm telling you, ever since I've started preaching this series, I've had ample opportunity to jump off, fall off the wagon. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, this week, this week I took my, my, my truck had parts, you know, I had to order some parts for it, and, um, you know, it's got 100,000 miles on it, and the front end is just worn out. It's got big tires and big, you know, it's kind of got a lip kit on it. So you, you put 100,000 miles on it, you're going you're gonna to wear stuff out. So I had to order some parts and take it in to get fixed. And so I took it into this place to have them put the parts on. And, and so they start putting it on. And we had discussed what needed to be replaced. They already knew they had the list. Well, when I ordered the parts, it all came with a kit with other stuff that didn't need to be replaced. 
So, uh, and they knew that. We talked about it. And so we, we take it all into the shop. It's there. And they've got all the parts. And there's only four things that have to be replaced instead of the eight or 12 or however many things was in there. And so they get to the end of the first day and they call and they go, we're not going to have it done today. It's going to be tomorrow. And I'm thinking, they must have got busy. I'm, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. They, they got busy and I must have got shoved to the bottom of the list. And I just said, okay, tomorrow, that's fine. So they call me at the end of the day, the next day, and they go, okay, you can come on in. It's going to be 700 and some dollars. And I was like, uh, what happened to the 350 that we discussed on the phone? Well, you know, we went ahead and replaced all those parts that you brought to us. And I'm like, well, that's not what we agreed on. Well, you, you gave us a box full of parts. And I'm like, yes, but you told me it was going to be 350 to replace these four parts. And man, was I not happy. I mean, double what I've expected and budgeted to pay. Ready to lose it. Ready to walk in there and, you know, <clears throat> I'm Brent. Rah! I'm really ready to tell them where to go, what they can do with it when they get there. Anybody else know what I mean by that? <laughs> and I am furious. Now, some of you may have seen the post that I put on Facebook about it and other social media. I said, avoid this place. And that's not because I'm trying to smear them. I just don't want to see anybody else get taken advantage of. Because after I start doing some research, I, and I should have done this before I went, they've done this to numerous amounts of people. So now I'm really mad. And I have to go and walk in there. <clears throat> now my truck has... Direction Church on the front, Direction Church on the license plate on the back, Direction Church on the, on the cover of the hitch. I mean, seriously, there are business cards laying in the cup holder inside. I mean, there's Direction Church, Pastor Brent, all over the truck. So what am I going to do? Walk in there and just give them a piece of my mind? Because I'll be honest with you, I really wanted to. But guess what I'm studying about for this Sunday morning? Love is not provoked. I am bent. I am furious. I am so angry. So I walk in there, and here comes the, the owner of the shop. And I said, can I have a word with you? And she says, yes. And so we go into her office, and we sit down. And I say, um, we didn't agree to what happened today. Y'all replaced four more parts than you should have. I'm, I'm actually not prepared to pay all of this today. That's exactly, I'm, I'm taking a deep breath. And, I, and she looks at me and she says, but you're so smart. You, you would know what needs to be replaced before we would. Now I'm going, yes. In my mind I'm going, you idiot, I signed a thing saying what needed to be done. In my mind, I'm, I'm just thinking, you're trying to manipulate me right now. So I just took another deep breath, and I said, well, I'm not really prepared to do this, but I guess I got to pay you for what you've done. I swiped my card, 
I walked out of the office, I signed the paper, walked out of the office, drove over to the place to get the alignment done because they didn't do alignments there and it, the front end has to be, you know, because they got new parts on there. So it's pulling all over the road and on, the, on my way to the other place, I'm just like, look at this, it's pulling all over the place. They have messed this up. I mean, I'm just furious. I get there, they put it up on the rack and they straighten and they, they do all this, the alignment and everything and then they come over and they go, yeah, you see this right here? They did this wrong. And they see this right here, and they did that wrong. And, they, and I'm going, ah! And I'm like, well, how much will you charge me to fix it? And he goes, well, if I were you, I'd take it back over there. They'll fix it. They have to fix it. It's against the law if they don't. So we take it back down. We take it back over to the other place, who I've already decided in my mind I'm never going to use these people again. But here I am coming back. And I walk in. And I'm like, listen, here's all these things that are wrong, and it's, you know, dripping grease, and there's, they're thinking there's problems with the axle now. And I said, I don't want to have to, but I will stop payment on, this, on the credit card, and you're not going to get paid till this is. And she goes, she, she says, oh, no, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of it. She put, they put it up on the rack, and they start looking, and come to find out they did a few things wrong. Guess what parts they did wrong? The parts that we didn't agree to. So now I'm thinking, yeah, you idiot. See, if you hadn't just, if you just done what I asked you to do, you, this wouldn't even be a problem right now. That's what I'm thinking. Y'all would be really proud of me. On the inside, there's a war waging. On the outside, I'm just like, hold your Bibles up, please. Say with me, this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I mean, I'm literally on the outside smiling. And I'm just, praise the Lord. <laughs> so they go and replace all the parts that they messed up, and they take care of it. And so now I'm thinking, they're going to charge me again. I know they, I, I mean, this is already, this is going to happen. And she walks up to me, and she starts apologizing. Mr. Bailey, I'm so sorry that you had to go through all this today. Uh, you know what, don't worry about anything else. And when your other parts come in for your other truck, because Jody's truck's got a little little thing that needs to be fixed. And so she goes, whenever that comes in, just bring it in. We'll replace that for no charge. Now, I'm going to tell you something right now. I still wanted to go, ha, never in a million years will I walk back into this shop. Are you crazy? I'm going to report you to the Better Business Bureau, and I'm going to tell everybody, never. Would I ever set foot back in here? But I look at her, and I shake her hand, and I say, well, I'll just have to let you know on that. Shake her hand, and I walk out. Now, check this out, you guys. Here's where it got really interesting. When I got home that day, she, her car's in my neighborhood. She lives two streets over from me. Guess who I'm going to have to see on a regular basis? <laughs> the owner of the shop. Now, if I, listen, y'all, uh, believe me, I didn't want to. There was nothing in me that loved any second of this. But if I hadn't shown her the love that she, I'm not provoked right now, even though inside I was provoked. Outwardly, towards her, I'm holding the provoke back. 
I'm not sitting here taking account of a suffered wrong. I'm not going to let her have, have, she's not going to get the peace of my mind that I've reserved for her. So I saw her at the clubhouse, and I got out of the car, and I said, well, hey, what are you doing here? Well, I live here. And I said, well, huh, so do I. (laughs) Maybe we can catch coffee sometime up at the clubhouse. Oh, that'd be great. (laughs) By the way, what do you do for a living? And I'm thinking, don't act like you don't know. It's all over the car. (laughs) And I said, and here it comes out. Oh, I pastor a church over in the Dr. Phillips area. Oh, that's so great. That's such a, you have such a great work on your hands. And and you get to help people. And she just starts spilling off. And I'm thinking, what if I'd gone in there and really showed my backside to her? What if I'd allowed what they did to provoke me? See, that is the love gauge. If you're walking around fretful and you're walking around resentful and, and, and you're walking around touchy, now that doesn't mean you don't feel it. That doesn't mean that it doesn't pop up. It doesn't mean that you don't want to go choke somebody. What does it mean? It means you don't. Listen, as long as we're taking account of the evil done to us, we aren't walking in love. Now, when I say taking account, again, you realize it. It's not like you don't know that it's happening. But I'm not going to be so fully aware of it that I'm going to chalk that up and keep that in my mind. In fact, I've actually decided that we're going to take Jody's car back there just to give him another chance. Why? Well, because they're going to put it on for free anyway. They already said they would. Now, isn't it funny? And I wrote this down at the last minute. I wrote this down this morning. Isn't it funny that we as human beings judge ourselves by our intentions, but we always judge everybody else by their actions? We know that when we do something, whether we meant it, to be mean or to be hurtful, we know what we did. And when somebody else gets offended by your actions, what's usually your response? Oh, grow up. Oh, you just, you just, uh, we get so defensive of our own actions. But when somebody else does the same thing to us, we're just like, how dare you? I'm fully aware of how I can be, how, how, how I can be taken. I've lived with this my whole life. I mean, I'm 6'5". Listen to this voice. You put the beard on. I mean, hello, if you were at, the, at our trunk retreat Friday night, I came as Bluto from Popeye. Put a picture of myself online, and all these people were like, nailed it, perfect, you got all a shirt and a scarf on and a captain's hat. No other features. No makeup, no nothing, and everybody's like, nailed it, perfect, it was great. (laughs) Pastor Brent, you did perfect. (laughs) I know how I can be taken. And so growing up with that 
you know, finally having to come to that right realization, I may not be that, but somebody's going to take me that way. So guess what? I have to learn to give other people the doubt if their actions can be misconstrued because I know mine can. That's what love does. Love takes no account of a suffered wrong. It is not provoked because it realizes other people can make the same mistakes you do. Let's move on. Love rejoices in the truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 6. And we're going to go through this pretty quick, and we're going to get out of here. <clears throat> First, verse number 6. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. The Amplified Bible reads it this way. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever been happy when somebody that did something bad to you had something bad happen to them? Oh, like, yeah, see, <laughs> I told you, that's what you get. You deserve every second of that. I mean, seriously, has anybody, I mean, like, I, I, I would th thoroughly have enjoyed if that shop had gotten robbed on Friday. I would have I would have been like, yeah, justified. <laughs> See what happens when you mess with the man of God. <laughs> My flesh would have enjoyed every second of that. And there are so many Christians walking around with that kind of mentality. Yeah, you mess with God's people and this is what you're going to get. Y'all know that's Old Testament theology, right? <laughs> I mean, when, when, when people would mess with Israel, yeah, stuff would happen to them. When, e, when, when, when Pharaoh wouldn't let Egypt go, yeah, the wrath of God was poured out in Egypt. But y'all know all that got met when Jesus died on the cross, and God's not angry with the world anymore. Come on, somebody. And we shouldn't be turning cartwheels when something bad happens to somebody else. It ought to break our hearts. Even though we feel completely justified when it does. There are Christians who are excited about the fact that, that hell is real and all those arrogant atheists that they argue with. Well, enjoy it because that's where you're going. Ha ha ha. We almost get, you know, this perverse excitement about the fact that hell is for other people of other religions that don't know Jesus. It's like, well, go ahead and blow up the world if you want to. You're going to hell. No 72 virgins for you. Ha! We get the last laugh. It's terrible. Not only do we rejoice when things go bad for people here in the world, but we're kind of rejoicing in the fact that there's going to be people in hell. How messed up is that? That shows you our love walk is lacking. We should never celebrate and never rejoice that anyone is suffering or going to hell. We should only be celebrating when people go to heaven, when people get saved, when people, watch this, y'all, when people walk even accidentally into the blessing of God. There are so many times that blessings have been dumped out on people and, and we kind of get mad and upset and go, why do they get it and I didn't? Well, because that's not your blessing. That's theirs. 
When people have, out there have bad things come their, way, come their way, we ought to grieve for them. We ought to pray for them. We ought to try and help them. But they've done so much bad, Pastor Brent. Aren't they just, just reaping the seeds that they've sown? Probably. But do you want to reap all the seeds that you've sown? They've done so much bad. Don't they deserve that? Who are we to decide whether or not they deserve that? Who told you you were right in everything you decide is right? We do. (laughs) Instead of getting so upset when when an atheist tells you there is no God and anything you say they just kind of smirk at, instead of going, well, okay, enjoy hell when you get there, we ought to be praying for that person and not angry praying either. Y'all know what I mean by that? God strike them down and give them, you know, maggots in their bread and, 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 and cause flies to come to their house. Go Old Testament on them, God, just so they'll know that you're real. Y'all know you're, you're God's wrath now. And the wrath has changed from being hard on somebody to loving them. And you can get the same results that God got when he poured out the seven plagues on Egypt. You can get the same results with people if you'll just love them. The more good somebody's life is, the more apt they are to do good to others. Instead of rejoicing in the iniquity, we ought to rejoice in the truth. If they do accidentally walk into the blessings of God, we ought to celebrate. Even if it's somebody who doesn't like you, you ought to be happy for them anyway. Why? Because the fact that God's blessings are still being poured out is a sure sign yours, come on somebody, is on the way. Yours is right there. God is not just blessing certain people. He wants to bless everybody. And if they accidentally walk into it, how much more can you walk into one that you're believing for? And you know what? That's why we need to celebrate when good things happen to bad people. Doesn't mean they shouldn't answer for for things that's gone on. Sure they should. Sure they should have some things, you know, that they're going to have to answer for. But they don't have to answer to you. We need to rejoice and be broken hearted when those bad things happen. Instead of hoping that the bad will catch up with them, we need to pray that they'll encounter the goodness of God. So that they can become whole. Because once their life is whole, then the body of Christ, come on, is getting closer to becoming a whole and perfect person. And that's what we're striving for. But we're the key. And if we act just like them, when bad things happen, we, we just kind of turn and go, ha, 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 see, we're no different than they are. But we've been walk, called to walk greater. We've been called to walk with the greatest. This is challenging. This is hard. I told you when we first started, this was going to beat on us. It's going to wear on us. But if we do it, we actually go to a higher plane of spirituality, a higher plane in our walk with God, and higher influence in the world. Why? Because we're walking with the
with the greatest. And when the greatest walks into a room, everybody knows it. Where are you at today? We'll continue on here next week. Father, thank you for our time together today. Thank you, Lord. You're calling us, shaping us, molding us, hammering out the, the rough parts of our life. Lord, help us to understand it, grasp it, contain it. Lord, as we turn the corner to, to be more like you, Father, that we just, we just want to have the influence on people that love has, the influence that will change people's lives influence that will win the world. In Jesus' name, help us. Help us, Lord.